Welcome to Game Mechanics, a show about tabletop role-playing games from a lot of different perspectives. I'm Logan Jenkins. Today I'm talking to Jess Ross about her experience writing for RPGs. Jess has written several modules for D&D in places like Uncaged Anthology and uh, Pugmire, which is a variation of D&D 5th edition where everyone plays as a dog. She wrote for the supplement Morty Corgi's Scroll of Mysteries, and just everything about the game is adorable. We also talk about some problematic aspects of TTRPGs that are somehow still incorporated in tons of games. And we discuss Jess's current work on a neat project called Multiverse, which will help adventure writers and players everywhere to share experiences and cool stories. Let's get to it. Do you want to get right into it? Yeah, that sounds great. Cool. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. Um, hey, uh, J- this is Jess. Well, welcome to the show, Jess. Jess Ross is part of D20 Dames, and you're part of the Uncaged Anthology. You're, you're a writer. You've got actually like a ton of writing credits, like a lot of them. And then you're <laughs> also working on Multiverse, which is like a really exciting m- platform that's kind of like Roll20 from what I can gather, but maybe you uh, can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of and not exactly. Yeah, we can talk about that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, yeah, welcome to Game Mechanics, where we, you know, just talk about mechanics in games. No way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. I uh, I wanted to talk to you specifically because you have so much writing credit and almost all of it, or maybe all of it, is RPG related. Um, it is pretty much all RPG related. The stuff that's not RPG related is like probably eight or more years old so it's really difficult oh. to find any any writing <laughs> that i've done that's not rpg <laughs> wow well it's still like i mean that's what we're talking about on this show is rpg stuff so <laughs> yeah so it's perfect yeah so uh i've got a list of questions but like just generally what is your favorite mechanic in like any game that you've ever played that is such a tough question because there's so many that i really like and so many that i don't like um <laughs> <laughs> You could talk about both of those. I'm I'm interested about both of those. <laughs> well, I would say something that I really like is some of the more unusual like combat systems or like systems where when you're rolling, it gives you the opportunity to do um, other stuff on top of what you were trying to do. So for example, I would say the the example that comes to mind most quickly would be stunt points in Blue Rose. And I think in most like age games, I think they pretty much all use stunt points. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that mechanic of... Uh, especially because there are stunts that you can perform that are like combat stunts or like exploration stunts, role-playing stunts, like for basically everything that you can do, there are different stunts that you can choose from. Uh, So this is basically like you roll your 3d6 if you're like stunt die, or sorry, excuse me. (laughs) It's always so many (laughs) steps for this, but it is a great mechanic. So you roll Mm -hmm. your 3d6. If any two um, die faces match, then the number showing on your stunt die is how many stunt points you generate. And then you can use those to perform a stunt. Um, which is basically just designed to like make whatever you're trying to do a little bit easier or like add an additional thing on top of it that can help you get to the next step of whatever you're trying to do. And I really love like that mechanic specifically is being able to generate and use stunt points. That's really cool. So it sort of lets you take control of the narrative a little bit as a player. Right. Yeah. And I really like that aspect of it. That's really neat. Um, How about the the one that you don't like? Um, definitely the thing that, <laughs> that I like the least about any role-playing game, because a lot of games do this, 
is any sort of uh, modifier or ability or even like spells that you know that are based specifically on race. Mm-hmm. Any like race based abilities. I don't like that games do that. I would much prefer yeah. all of that come from like your class because that's like what you were trained to do. So it makes sense. You know, someone who is a trained fighter would naturally be very like a lot stronger than someone who is not a trained fighter. Yeah. And like conversely, like it gets into a whole like we've been through this <laughs> as a world. <laughs> like you don't really want to like hem people in based on how they were born. You could train to do lots of stuff, anything almost. But yeah, exactly. Like having those race based abilities, it's it, it's hard to describe it as anything other than racist, which, yeah. yeah, it's it's so problematic. So I just I really don't like that that is a thing that that occurs in so many RPGs. I wish that that were just like different across the board. I to- I'm totally with you. Yeah. Huh. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Starting out heavy. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, that's great. That's that's how I want this stuff to go. I mean, well, I, as heavy as we want to go. I mean, you know. Yeah. However you're comfortable. That's where <laughs> I want to go. So what's a game mechanic that led you to a great idea? Um, I would say one of the like most fun and just like silliest ideas that I had recently was I actually had Jen, um, Jen Vaughn, who also plays in the D20 Dames, um, come in and play Blue Rose with me. Uh, for a different podcast I do. And she um, (laughs) came in kind of wanting to fight, but not wanting to like hurt anyone exactly. Uh, And the way it panned out is she basically challenged someone to thumb wrestling competition, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which was great because it challenged me to just like on the spot, come up with a mechanic for thumb wrestling. (laughs) What does thumb wrestling look like? (laughs) Um, So kind of what inspired it was any game that has this like, um, like a contest or like a roll off where, Mm -hmm. you know, you're both rolling and kind of whoever gets the higher one wins. So I based off of that. But basically what I did was um, I think I had them each roll and then whoever won like three times, you know, whoever got to three wins first won. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah. So it, it worked out and it was basically like, it, I mean, it basically is just like a roll off or a contest, um, but it was still fun in that moment. It's just like, oh, I don't think a mechanic exists for, for thumb wrestling. <laughs> I guess I'll just do that. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Versatility coming up with stuff on the fly. Yeah, I love that. I love it when players decide that they want to do something that is just like so out there that I have to be like, okay, pause for a second while I just invent a new game mechanic. <laughs> it's it is like an amazing thing to do on the fly, but it happens all the time for yeah, yeah for games like this. That's awesome. So far, most of your work is focused on D and D. Like I, uh, I've well, I've seen a lot, but there's also, I mean, you know, you got like. Morty Corgi Scroll of Mysteries and for Pugmire and stuff like that. But a lot of it is D&D based. Um, what's what's your like what draws you to D&D? What do you love about that system? Um, I would say the the thing that I like most about it, which maybe doesn't sound like love as much as comfort, is just that it's very familiar. I, I think it's the one that I know best um, mm. because it's the one like D&D was the system I learned on. Like I learned any D&D was the first like tabletop RPG I played. Um, or one of the first, at least I learned with three E and then like basically didn't play for a really long time. <laughs> um, but I like how familiar it is. And I like that. I think part of D and D having been around for so long, they're very aware of the, um, of the desire for things like homebrewing. Yeah. So definitely one of my favorite things for D and D is how much they've built in 
for four players, four DMs to just like create their own things. So like, yeah, yeah, like I like that they provide rules for like creating new monsters or new spells or new items. And now they've got the the artificer class. Like it's clear that they're they're at a point where they're like, we know that like you want to do your own thing with it. So like, go do your own thing and hear all the tools to like do that successfully and still have it be sort of like within the the rules and guidelines of D and D at large. Yeah, I like that they th- like you have access to just print the base stuff, like use that as much as you need to, uh, and they won't come after you like legally or anything. I, I really like <laughs> yeah. how open it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I love that like the DMs Guild exists. I love the just like the amount of things like of, of official D&D things you can put into an adventure that you write yourself or like a supplement and just like put it up and share with other other players and other creators like so much of that. I just I really love that aspect of uh, and I mean, a lot of games do that now. There's also drive through RPG that like more and more systems I think are are kind of being added to that. But like DMs Guild is, I, I again, I think just the one that I'm most familiar with. It's the one that I use the most. And there's just so much stuff on there. And it's just incredible. <laughs> like what Wizards of the Coast has like given people to use to like build their own stuff. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, so I know you, you, on this list there's Pugmire, but are you? do you have any plans to write for other games beyond that? I do. Um, yeah. So yeah, like you said, I've written for Pugmire. Um, I've also written for Scarred Lands. Um, and both of those do use the same system as D&D. They both use 5e. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have some stuff coming out in the new year. Uh, more stuff for Scarred Lands. Um, Yegman's Guide to Gelspad and Vigil Watch, uh, which are supplements coming out through next year. And then a bunch of, a, a couple of other projects that... Um, are under NDA and haven't been announced oh. yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're not 5e. They're, they use completely different systems. Oh, um, that's exciting. That's yeah, cool. I'm definitely excited to talk about those when they come out. Uh, definitely awesome. keep an eye on my Twitter because I will <laughs> announce those as soon as I can. <laughs> uh, that's at writer Jess, right? Right, Jess, right, Jess R? Wait. Right, Jess R, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right, Jess R. I don't know why my head has always read that as writer Jess. I a lot of people do read that as as writer <laughs> Jess. It ha- it comes up a lot. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but write Jess R. Yeah, it is write Jess R, and it is a play on words because I mean that's a long story. But yes, W R I T E J S S R. Yes, the most confusing <laughs> way to do it. Writer <laughs> Jess would I think make so much more sense to people. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we've uh, at this point, you know, people are going to type in both of those things into into Twitter now. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully 50% of them will find the right page. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully even more than 50%. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> we got to shoot for the stars. <laughs> uh, uh, so you mentioned that you... Um, the, the stuff that you've written not for games has been like a long time ago, but what's different about writing for a game as opposed to just writing free form? Yeah, there's definitely a lot, um, but definitely like writing for games uh, and especially like tabletop RPGs, there are very specific like formatting guidelines you need to follow partially just because like that is the, the like official layout of each thing, but also because 
when people are looking to run uh, an adventure that you wrote, they're looking for that to occur in a very specific pattern. Like they're looking Mm -hmm. for specific parts for them to um, understand it based on like past things they've seen, based on like what they need to know in what order to be able to run something. So definitely there's, there's a much stricter sort of guideline that you have to follow. Um, You also have to follow like very specific sets of rules, which I mean, of course there are rules for like any kind of writing you do. But the the rules that you have to follow for like game writing are very different because you have to make sure that you're basically that what you're writing um, makes sense for the the existing like systems and mechanics or you have to like reinvent systems and mechanics on the fly (laughs) as you're writing it, which could be very, very stressful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, or you could just like come up with thumb wrestling just on the spot. No problem. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Or or that or everything is thumb wrestling from now on. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like, whoa, now I just like have a flash idea of just like a society. It's like an, it's a, that's an anime, right? Like a thumb wrestling anime. I could oh, see that. Oh, absolutely. Happening. Yeah. An incredible <laughs> anime. <laughs> <laughs> With the very intense music. And then like one person is like highlighted in red and like pulled out their hand. With like the, the main character like focuses in on their thumb and is like, I'm going to defeat you no matter what. <laughs> we just nailed it. There's a person in the audience with glasses on and you can't see their pupils, but they're like, hmm, they're <laughs> resting their thumb on their on their hand as a ploy to get the other one to grab <laughs> on. But it's just a trap. <laughs> yes, th- all of this, this is exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch this anime. <laughs> um, it, it almost sounds like it's like technical writing, right? Like, yes. where, like if you're writing for like Ikea or something. <laughs> Except I guess it's certainly more um, creative than than that. But it's somewhere between instructions, like very strict instructions and, a, you know, like prose. And definitely. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's definitely a balance um, when writing for for games that. Yeah, because you do have to make people understand something like very specific and you have to give them all of the information they need while still leaving room for their own creativity and it can't just be dry, like, step one, do this, step two, do this. There is definitely that balance between that very heavy technical writing and, like, creative prose. Yeah, you're absolutely right. What is your favorite part of writing for games? Mm, that is a good question. And it's such a tough one to answer. Um, <laughs> I, You're definitely not the first person to ask me this. And every time someone asks me this, I have a moment where I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's that it's that same feeling you know like when you're having a conversation with someone and you're like oh yeah like i love books and I'm like oh cool what's your favorite book and your brain is like nothing you don't know any books oh, yeah no i'm okay maybe this is a just an unfair genre of question because i would be the same way if somebody asked me like like i really enjoy watching movies or playing games or whatever but if you ask me like what's your favorite x i probably i'm like i don't know today it's you know, it follows is my favorite movie or something. And mm-hmm. like tomorrow it might be something completely different. <laughs> yeah. There at any, at any moment in time, it could be a different thing. And then that's even if you're like, if you can even like pin down one specific thing or if your brain is just like everything, just say everything. It doesn't matter. You have all of it. <laughs> I mean, that's a fair response. If it's just like, I mean, right. Jess R. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, I would say if I if I had to choose an answer today right now, uh, my favorite mm-hmm. part is being able to tell a story in a way that is 
basically being able to create an interactive story for someone else to experience. Yeah. 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 I mean that yeah, that would be that's what writing a game that's the bread and butter. That's the core <laughs> yeah. of it, right? It is like that is ever my answer is just like every part of it basically, because that is just what game writing is <laughs> and not really a part of it. As a follow-up, like, do you get a lot of responses from people? Because I would if I had a bunch of, of anthologies and stuff out that where people could play my game, I would be like just like I probably wouldn't I would have too much anxiety to literally ask everybody who had bought it, but I would want to know everybody's stories of like, how did you experience my story? Do you, do you get a lot of that? I um I do try to reach out sometimes. Occasionally someone will like tag me on Twitter and say like, oh, tonight I played through a Swamp from Uncaged Volume 1 by Wright Dressar. Um, and they'll <laughs> tag me in it and I'll say like, oh, how did it go? Or, you know, what what ending did your group end up with? Um, and I do, I always want to just be like, tell me everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I would be too. <laughs> I mean, it's a Twitter response. There's only so much you can see on, on Twitter anyway. Um, but it is usually, thankfully, a very kind response of like, yeah, they had a great time. You know, they did X and it was, you know, they enjoyed it. Um, and there's not a whole, a whole lot that you can really say on Twitter because it's such a a, sh- a brief medium. Yeah. Um, but I, I definitely really want to just like occasionally when someone tells me like, oh yeah, we just played your game, especially if I haven't been like tagged in something like that in a while. I really just want to be like, give me please every single <laughs> detail, please. I just need to know, like tell me every choice your players made and like how you did this. <laughs> Record it, make it a podcast. I want to listen to it. Oh my gosh. Yes. If everyone who played one of my adventures could make it into a podcast, that would be incredible. Or also maybe, <laughs> horrible i actually don't know how how oh. if i would be able to listen to people playing through my adventure i might just need like a a summary at the end of it <laughs> <laughs> oh i bet it would be amazing but yeah i could totally see it being stressful yeah <laughs> <laughs> when you write are you thinking about a gm reading it or a player reading it or somewhere like both could both parties benefit i I definitely try to focus on a GM reading it, um, mm-hmm. especially because of that is what I mean, that's basically your audience when you're writing an adventure is, you yeah. know, will a GM who's not like living inside of my brain be able to look at this and like understand what I meant and understand, you know, the path that I am describing, like what their players options are. A good GM needs to be able to understand it. But because I have been GMing for a while, I do also just like I, I try so hard not to get too lost in this, but I always end up spending a lot of time thinking about just all of the ways a player can just completely break it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I I, <laughs> I hear that all the time. And uh, like, I mean, at a certain point, you just got to be like, hey, don't do that. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> but like, wh- what kind of ways do you I mean, like, how do you consider what could be broken? And how do you put like fail safes in there for that? Like, c- do you have an example that you can think of? Um, uh, Let's see. Well, I will say, uh. One time recently, I ran Swamped, um, my adventure from Uncaged Volume 1, in a comic book shop. And the the town itself is very bare bones because the idea is that, like, they'll, they'll kind of talk to, like, the, the two or three people they need to talk to and then, like, go on to the next part. Um, mm-hmm. Like, kind of spoilers, I guess, if you, if you haven't played it. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> like, you know you need to talk to someone in town. Um, but anyway, I I very recently had a group who was like, 
I want to explore every inch of this town. Like, is there a library? Is there a town square? Is there a trading <laughs> post? Um, and it's a little different because it was while I was running it, not while I was writing it. It was already published at this point. But I, like, mm-hmm. basically on the spot was like, uh, yeah, there sure is a trading post. And it's <laughs> called this. And uh, an NPC named this works there. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, though. That's It sounds like you're very good on your feet. Like... <laughs> that that's that's can be a tough skill for sure to get it's definitely very difficult and but i mean like that's the kind of thing that i try to think about is like when players are presented with like options to get to the next part of a story how clear am i being in the adventure for the gm to then for for these for the gm to then describe like here are kind of the next steps you can take like how clear how much information did i give so that the GM can say like what the NPCs are saying so they can be like, you have like the only thing you can do from here is like go do this. <laughs> and like it's up to you how you get to that point, but like there's nothing else here for you. <laughs> so that like that's kind of what I mean by like thinking about how players can break it is like what completely unexpected or unusual thing might they think of that I have not put in a way to address. And there's definitely no possible way to address every single thing that players can do because I mean, I, I play as a player very often too. And I know like players can get wild in adventure sometimes (laughs) and go so far off the rails that like you, there's no way to have predicted that. But I do try to give enough information that a GM knows what to do, just sort of like knows how to kind of like refocus it or to say like, Hey, I see you going this direction. So I'm just going to basically like, rip everything from the direction the adventure says into this new spot where you all are so that it still works. And I just Mm -hmm. want to make sure I'm giving enough information that GMs feel comfortable doing that. Yeah. I think that's all you can really do, right? Like, like you said, there's no way you can account for every human who's ever going to play this, every (laughs) thought that they could think. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So if you could fix like in quotation marks, fix anything in, (laughs) in any game, what would it be? Um, I think this goes back to the question about a mechanic I don't like, which would be like race-based abilities. Yeah. Um, I think if there's one thing I could fix, it would it would definitely be that. Um, and I, I'm not sure exactly how to fix it. I do like the idea of it being a matter of like, um, if we use D&D for an example, like your class and your background would be where you get most of your yeah. like abilities and, and modifiers and things. So that makes sense to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. That doesn't seem too hard. That's, yeah. Come on, D&D. right but definitely like uh along with that i would definitely want to fix just some uh like not mechanical just like some of the lore and story elements of some things because there are definitely races in in like many rpgs that i've played that like their descriptions their backgrounds like where they came from are just like Mm -hmm. full-on racist right Um, yeah there's yeah a lot of that in D &D. yeah and it's it's just such it, it's always very disappointing to see that. And then it's something that like I always as a DM, especially as like a woman of color, I like I don't want those things in my games, period. And then as a DM, I have to take a minute when I'm like starting with a new group. And I, I always try to have some form of session zero, even if it's just like a couple of minutes. I'm doing a one shot at a comic book shop or something. Um, mm-hmm. But it's very, very disappointing that I have to spend part of those like first introductory minutes saying like, Hey, at my table, we don't play fantasy racism. Like we're, we're not going to do that. Don't bring that to my table. I don't want to hear about it. So it'd be nice if there were a system that like didn't even make me have to address that. Yeah, that would be yes. Because like elves and dwarves or whatever, like, no, just don't, don't even start with that. Yeah. I think, I think we just need to collectively as a culture, just be like, let's move on beyond, 
it's exactly what you're saying. No, no more fantasy racism. Let's it's it's nothing. It's not it's not right. good. It's not helpful. It makes people uncomfortable. Don't do it. Exactly. Let's just <laughs> yeah. Let's just move on from that. Let's as <laughs> as a group, as just like a, a tabletop RPG playing group, let's all decide to be done with that. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No. So you were you were talking about that. We were talking about like sort of heavy topics, and it is heavy. But I think like it's heavy because it's important, right? That's, right. I um I don't know how many people will end up listening to this, but I hope people like take that away. Like if you're making your own game or if you're playing in a game, just consider n- not being mean. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, that's that's the end of my list of questions. Uh, we were going to talk a little bit about multiverse. Could you explain? Yeah, certainly. So I'll give you sort of like the, the quick pitch, um, which is multiverse is a video game platform reinventing how RPGs and tabletop games are played. Um, and it also has a marketplace for creators to sell content. Uh, so basically it is like, it's a way for you to play RPG games on like a mobile platform. It is similar to Roll20 and that it is still like a, an electronic platform to play RPGs. Um, but Multiverse, um, along with being able to build your own RPGs into it, we will also have adventures that you can play like built in. It's also not like a flat, basically like a, a tabletop. Because I mean, that's how I use Roll20 is like in place of like, if you can't play in person, you're not able to use like maps and tokens and all of those things. So you mm-hmm. use Roll20 instead. And that's kind of all Roll20 does. Mm-hmm. Not to like, downplay roll 20 i do think it's a great system that i really enjoy like the the big difference the reason i don't necessarily compare the two is that multiverse is much more like a video game like along with being a platform to build rpgs into is also very much like a video game and that like you have your characters that you like move around through the world um you can like interact with like elements in there uh you'll have like your your spells and stuff like built into your character so when you run into an enemy you can like use them that way um it is also I mean, it is basically like a new system. We are building a system that you play. So it basically is its own RPG. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Hmm. That's giving me like sort of like VR chat, but like actual rules vibes. Is that sort of? Yeah, I think, it's, I think something similar to that. Um, but yeah, like that. I, I really like that aspect of it that it is still very um, like customizable. You can like build basically, basically like anything that like multiverse comes out with you'll be able to like also build on your own within multiverse and sell it if you want to or just like build it so that you can play it with your friends um and and there will be like built-in adventures that you can play through that like your storyteller can run as the gm basically and get players together and you can do it around the table if you want to or you can all do it like online through like your phone or your computer whatever works for you that's really cool yeah i'm very excited about multiverse (laughs) (laughs) Uh, is it is it coming out soon? Um, if you haven't already, I would say like not just you specifically, but like listeners as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> definitely check out the trailer on um, play underscore multiverse uh, is our Twitter handle um, or just play You can find everything. Sweet. But yeah, it is like it's very cool. I love the trailer that's out. There's also tons of great information coming out on the Twitter account and on the dev blog on the website. Uh, so we try to just keep everything updated as as much as possible. But yeah, it's right. great. I I'm anytime anyone asks me about multiverse, I feel like I go on for <laughs> way too long because I'm very excited about it. <laughs> uh, well, I I've only gotten more excited hearing you talk about it. So well, I think, perfect. 
I don't I don't consider that a ramble at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have anything else you want to plug? Um, sure. Uh, you did already mention a Morty Scroll of Mysteries. Uh, which is for Pugmire. Um, that also is now available for print on demand. So you can get a nice like hard copy of that if you're interested through mm-hmm. Drive RPG. Uncaged Anthology, of course, you talked about D20 Dames, the family-friendly all-woman D&D actual play podcast I do. Um, Multiverse, which I was just talking about. Uh, again, playmultiverse.com. Um, and then a plug that is not for one of my projects personally, but just something that I love and Whenever someone asks me about like writing for RPGs, I always try to mention it. Uh, the RPG Writers Workshop by Ashley Warren. It is oh. an incredible writing program. There is a, um, the last time I checked, there was still a, a free version of it and then a paid version of it. So there are like two tracks that you can take. Um, there are occasionally scholarships available to you for the paid track, but it is basically a, uh, a, a workshop that is all done online that takes you from like start to finish of writing. A, an adventure for like uh, drive through RPG or DMs Guild. Well, it's super cool. It yeah, is, this is really nice. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it is truly an incredible program. Um, I did it last year, and it's definitely like that is part of what just sort of like turned things around for me and got me really into writing for RPGs because I did not have the confidence for it. I was sure like when I was first thinking about it, I was like, there's no way I'm qualified for something like this. I don't think I could put something like this together. <laughs> and I took this workshop and I was like, oh my gosh, this has been so much good and useful information. <laughs> and that like, I mean, since then I've, I've published several things on DMs Guild and Drive RPG. Um, I have other cool projects coming out. And like, really, I feel like all of that started because I went through this workshop and just learned an incredible amount of information. And I would not be where I am like right now with my like writing career, if I hadn't first taken that workshop. That's fantastic. So RPGWriterWorkshop.com? Yeah, RPGWriterWorkshop.com. Um, and yeah, you can sign up right on the website. There are uh, lessons that they send you. There is a Discord that you can join that has like tons and tons of great resources available. Um, there's also a new job board. Um, and then the Discord too, it has all of the like past members of the workshop are still part of it unless they take themselves off of that Discord. Um, so tons of people are constantly sharing like, here's a new creative opportunity. You know, this project is looking for a writer or like I'm doing an anthology and I'm looking for writers for it. Like there's tons of great stuff that comes through that Discord and that comes through like the actual workshop itself. So definitely if you're interested in RPG writing, I highly recommend the RPG Writer Workshop. Yeah, that looks fantastic. I- I'm probably going to sign up for it (laughs) (laughs) you definitely should it is really cool it's a fantastic workshop cool all right well this conversation has been super interesting and awesome jess thank you so much for coming onto the show yeah thank you so much for inviting me i had a great time just like rambling about all of the things i like (laughs) (laughs) well uh you know come back anytime ramble some more That's it for today. Thanks again to Jess Ross. You can find her at WriteJessR on Twitter. That's W-R-I-T-E-J-E-S-S-R. WriteJess.com has links to buy all the supplements that Jess has written for. And you should definitely also check out D20 Dames, a super fun actual play RPG podcast with Jess on it. Your homework this week is to take a step towards your creative goal. Tweet me something that you've worked on at Logan Jenkins. 
If you want to hear more from me, check out Very Random Encounters, a show where some friends and I play pen and paper RPGs and randomly determine as much as is possible. Game Mechanics is a part of The Orange Groves. Check out theorangegroves.com to support this and other great shows on the network. And until your next checkup, that'll be $27.50.